Straight out of Gibraltar, sponsored by Coca-Cola. Welcome to Straight Outta Gibraltar, bringing you interviews and all the best music from the Gibraltar music scene. Hey guys, welcome to Straight Outta Gibraltar. I know we're back from a little hiatus. We're taking a bit of a hiatus only because it's summer and purely because uh, the fact because it's summer, obviously we get busy and obviously there's things that we want to do. We want to go to the beach, etc, etc, etc. Like we could go on forever as to what, we, what else we've been up to during this hiatus, but we're very glad to be back. And of course, we're glad to be back with another guest. And this particular guest is someone I've known for a very long time. And I've actually have seen him live. I've seen him compose. I've even been in the studio to see him work his magic as well. So we'd like to welcome Chris Cortes. Good afternoon or morning or evening or whenever this is. Whenever happens. you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to go on about this. So Chris, hey, how are you doing today? Fine, thanks. Great to see you. Thanks so much for coming around. It's, it's great to have you back. Uh, well, I was here last year. I actually revealed, I, I didn't really tell that many people that I was actually here last summer. Mm-hmm. But I did It was re- a secret. <laughs> yes, it was. And obviously that resulted into that, that Victor Francis album that came out yeah. in October, which, which was a fantastic album. One Thank that you. actually got a lot of praise and I'm very glad that it did. And thanks. Major props for that album, for all the, the magic that you worked on. And more than anything else, the time that it went, like you pretty much put into it as well. It took us a long time. A very long time indeed. Yeah. <laughs> but the most important thing is, like, even through all those troubles, we still managed to get it out, which was great. Yeah, we had a good team working with us, so it was great. It was, it was uh, easier with everyone pulling in. Yeah, and uh, in the, when you, even when you look at the album, or you look read, read the album notes and everything else, it's just like a who's who of local music oh. from the past and the present, which is even, even what made it, I think, a lot better and a lot sweeter as well. And it, it was pretty much great for Victor to get all these songs out, which had been pretty much in the closet, if that makes any sense. Well, it was they were they've been played for years. Well, yeah. they're still played in masses yes, and prayer meetings and everything, but uh, they haven't. They've been recorded. A few of them have been recorded once before, or twice yeah. before, by different artists. Uh, in fact, some of the tracks that had already been recorded were reviewed to see if we could build on stuff that had been done by by previous artists. But uh, it was it was something. 
I think that was long overdue. Uh, yeah. A big collection. And the thing is that it's only a fraction of his collection yeah. that we have down. Hopefully, in the future, there'll be time for the next 11 songs. And they'll be coming up very soon. Maybe after after, <laughs> the two, after that, it took so long <laughs> to do the other one. Maybe another two is three is to do the next well, one. We've had a dry, well, we've had a run of, of how to do things. So when we next get to it, it won't take so long for sure. I'm sure it won't. And, but it's still, it's worth the wait, I suppose. That's the best way to Thank you. You're very kind. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Chris, what people like most know is the fact, obviously, that they know you from your Chagamapni days and everything else. But obviously, we have to go back a bit further as to pretty much how everything musical came into your life wow. in every sense of the word. So tell us a bit more about that. Um, the beginnings, the origins. Um, first of all, I, I have a few vague memories of how everything began. And it was sitting in a car in Newcastle, because we used to live in Newcastle in those days, back in the good old 80s. And uh, I was listening to a track, and suddenly we started singing the song in the car, and I started picking up that some of my friends who were singing it were singing it in the wrong way. So I was very happy that I could tell these differences, and um, I, I realized that I had an ear, some sort of an ear for music. And, and after that, it was a bit here and a bit there, thanks to music teachers in school. Um, Charlie Thamberi. Um, the Kansen Pass, no, pobrecito, lovely guy, and we were. That was in middle school, and he recognized that there was something happening, that that I had a bit of, uh, a bit of music in me, and uh, he encouraged me to play the recorder, he encouraged me to sing, he encouraged me to play the, the Glockenspiel, other other uh, untuned and tuned percussion, yeah. and my grandpa Juan, mum's dad, um, also pushed us to to get lessons. So Claire, my sister, and I went to piano lessons with Michael Costa and um, then he left and then I had to find some other music lessons with someone else and I was really lucky because I, I got a chance to, to play for a while with Hector Cortes, yeah. another another great person who, yeah. we, who we sadly miss, um, a Hall of Famer. And today would have been his birthday as well, considering yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no me diga. That, that I'd forgotten. How, how bad of me? I've got a funny story about it, but I'll Please. get to that later. Ah, okay. Well, no. <laughs> so I was very lucky to, 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 to see Hector, thanks to that, because they're, they're related. And, and after that, Charlie Chappie, that totally changed my life and my world. As he so did for many others. This, indeed, the, 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 he did. And indeed I think that's did. one thing when we spoke to Charlie, even prior to the Hall of Fame induction mm -hmm. for the Leland de Levance last year, I don't think, when we heard Christian speak, about uh, Charlie and his influence on his career and everything else. Uh, Christian Santos, for people who may not know. Uh, it was very incredible to, mm. to hear. Obviously, you hear it, but once you condense it into one evening where all the focus has to be on him and the other inductees, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's very surreal to think how many, how many people's lives he's touched. Yeah. Charlie was and is uh, still a, a go-to person. I, I, before this horrid uh, lockdown season that we had, in fact, he was here in the studio and we're chatting about different ideas and different recording techniques. So, um, in fact, I called him last week, he didn't pick up, and I'm about to call him again this week uh, to talk to him about the ideas of negative harmony and different tonal languages. But uh, he was he was a super-duper influence at the time in school. Uh, I was I was there with, with Neva Galliano, I was there with James Pissud, with Ivan Victor, with Porsche Polina, and with, with countless others yep. in, in my year. And, and in other years, there was Dylan Ferro, there was Nathan Payas, uh, there was Christian Santos, um, 
and in the older years we had uh, Annie Slade, yeah. we had Paul Vasallo, we had so, so many, so many creative people at that time, who thanks to Charlie were able to do something, I think, with music, and uh, that's when it sparked me off, and I decided to go to music college. And it's great, and it's I think the key to Charlie in every sense of the word is, despite not being his genre, although he's very versatile himself, he would actually credit anybody or. Not actually shy away and say, okay, if you want to play rock, go and play rock. You know, hmm. he would not. He would actually push you to maybe perhaps the genre that maybe you're born to do, as versatile as he was himself. Yeah, but the the great thing about his versatility uh, was also his his wonderful wife Helen. Yeah, uh, who still is, as well. And and I had the best of both worlds because Helen taught me harmony, so she started me off in, in classical harmony and, and Bach, and that was wonderful. And then Charlie actually taught me how to record in the four track. So I had all his ideas and experiences and stuff from from his recording days, yeah. starting to to work their their magic in in my creative brain. So I had that, and um, they they pushed me, they pushed me to yes to what I wanted to do, but most of all to to the classical and to to the modern at the same time. To appreciate great. music, yeah, that's maybe the best thing to use. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember even. Him prior to being my teacher, obviously he was my world's teacher, he was my dad's teacher too. But the fact that I remember when I was maybe around 14, 15, and I remember my mom, because t- we had seen Mr. Danino, Alberto Danino in town, so uh, my mom told me that his brother was also a musician, which mm-hmm. I didn't know about uh, back then. But obviously she was telling me about this band called Lelo and the Levance, and then obviously I, I just knew about Lelo and the Levance. I, I had no <laughs> idea who, who else was in the band, I just knew yeah. Lelo, that was it. And then over the years, obviously through, obviously through the internet and everything else, once you search you'll probably come up with various uh, different search results and one of the search results came up and it was actually a, a track of Lelo and the Lance mm-hmm. and obviously along with one of the tracks was actually a bit more information like who was in the band and when I just saw Charlie's name I was blown away you know it was yeah bad. and I remember just because the, the, the song that I'm going to talk about has a very wicked keyboard part uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I just if every time I listen to it I just imagine Charlie maybe banging on the keys and every time I listen to it, I just think what he told us not to do in school is what he's actually doing on this track, mm. in a good way. In a good way. In a good uh, way. Uh, but it, it came across, and then years later, obviously, when I was able to actually buy the album, listen to it from start to finish, and actually appreciate it a lot more, mm-hmm. mostly because of who was in it. And when I spoke to Charlie about it, he's like, "Yeah, I did this," and and he started singing China. He knows all I want and all, all these songs. He knows them all from start to finish, and it just blew me away. Then after that, when I found out more about his career, you know, the yeah. fact he's worked for Lane Page and Los del Rio with Osman Falguero. Have well. you heard him play jazz? Yes, I have. Have you heard him play classical? Yes. Have you heard him play Bach? He, he's fantastic, all the way through. There, there is there, there is no, actually, I, I want to say... He's one of those annoying musicians that does everything well. <laughs> I'll say it for you. <laughs> and but we love him. Exactly. We can do something we want in a good way, but at the yeah. end of the day, we, we grow to love him. And I think... Uh, you as probably as a teacher yourself would probably relate to that I think we're very lucky in Gibraltar where we can actually appreciate our teachers a lot more even as the years go by I mean I still see some them. of them some <laughs> of them others yeah. we try to avoid because I mean, they used to tell us off a lot <laughs> yeah I mean I always look as Charlie is a reference I always I always tell you I look at your, your dad as one of my references yeah. you know I'm always yes. very grateful but I mean I think we we, we see our teachers in, that, in in a different light I suppose like we get to accustomed that we actually can actually call them by their first names eventually as the years go by mm. but still at the same time it's still 
still Mr. Cortez or still Mr. Chappie or still Mrs. Chappie or whoever, yeah. you know. Yeah. It, but that fine line of respect, you know, about oh, and totally. discipline. Mm -hmm. And but at the same time, when you do something like this, like I do for a living, and when we did the Hall of Fame stuff, he was amazed, you know. He's like, he was one of the first people we told about having our Gibraltar Music Hall of Fame. And obviously, without him knowing that he was going to be a part of it, it's like one of mm -hmm. the first inductees, but yeah. he was there to support us all the way through, and even though we're not musicians ourselves. Yeah, but uh, that's the, the type of guy he is, and that's the type of, of people that we're lucky to to have a lot of yeah. around, you know, and 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 a great person to work with, to work well, to work for as as the he was the head of music, and and then now a great person to have as as a as a go to person to to have a listen to things, and uh, it's funny because now everything's on a plugin, now everything's on software, yeah, and oh, I used to have one of those machines. Oh look. Oswin Falkel used to have a twenty-four track tape, and now I got one here on, on the in the Mac. You know, so it's it's it was it's, it's incredible it's how fun. technology advances as well. Yeah, um, especially when they actually get to see how much technology does advance. But the important thing about that, I, I always thought, is uh, for instance, Charlie and and Alice Macrinias, Yeah. For instance, I remember Alice taught me how to splice tape. Um, we we worked well. I was very lucky that I I, I did a couple of tracks with her years ago. You know, she was the first person to introduce me to the, my favorite band, Chicago. Yeah. Uh, it's still one of my favorite bands now. And uh, uh, oh yes, well, uh, and then then yeah. the the other guy, Skef, Skef, I can never say it. Any Slade is a person to talk to about all those names. Yeah, Joe, <laughs> I forget the names, but um, but Alice taught me how to splice tape. Uh, Charlie taught me how to bounce, and all these technical terms you find that you have to know about yeah. if you're using the technology today. Um, X fades and different types of ways that you put the tape together and it, it's markers and it's brilliant a, it's a brilliant. really complicated process let's just you know that <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> a complicated process but a good one at the same time it yeah. keeps you grounded and it teaches you the ropes in every sense of the word and it lends, makes you at least from from my side at least when, when i've seen these things happen it lend, makes you appreciate a lot more the, yeah. the hard work that goes into it as well and that we have to realize that back then obviously like, even as far back as 20 years ago with software obviously it was advancing Maybe not as advanced as it is now, but no, no way. But it, it's incredible how something as simple as this, mm -hmm. as recording an interview, for example, the process back then was a lot difficult. If you screw up, you have to start all over again. Now there's no, we can just edit at the click of a button. Yeah, or we just leave it in there, and it's funny anyway. <laughs> that, uh, that, 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 which is what I was going to get to. I mean, when we spoke, uh, I spoke to uh, Police a few years ago. Yeah, and I just sat down with him in Main Street. Old school, and. We we're just talking, and then he saw someone that he knew walked past. Yeah. He shouts at happy birthday at the top of his lungs. I just left that in. You know, yeah, it, it leaves the charm in. But that's the magic of it. And and again, with with tape, like uh, like they used to work with in the past, you'd have all these extra sounds and all these ex yeah. things got too clinical, and people started reacting against that. And now we have this wonderful noise that we always wanted to get rid of back in the tracks to yeah. give it some character. And it works. And at the end of the day, it's like. Like everything else, you leave the charm in. Yeah. But, and, and I think even when sometimes, maybe there's a slight defect, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But even with the slightest of defects, maybe it adds a lot to the to the track. And yeah. it happens a lot with vinyl these days as well. And it, even back then, it used to happen, obviously. Yeah. A vinyl was the end thing. And still is now the end thing. It's, lately, there's a lot of resurgence with vinyl. Mm -hmm. So bef even when you mentioned, obviously, the keyboards and obviously, like, piano and everything else. Yeah. What was it about the piano or the keyboard that attracted you to the keyboard or the piano? Um, I had a, a, a thought about this. I, it, it took me back. And, and, you know, thinking about it, I think it's just because what was around at the time. 
Yeah. For instance, uh, well, Pepe, my granddad, he, he had a, a grand piano, a Bluthner, a beautiful German grand piano in his house. And I would reach up to those keys and try and, try and play it. And uh, then all the music teachers played pianos. And uh, then all the people who gave private lessons played pianos. And so I said, hey, well, let's, let's try this out. But yeah. um, at the same time, Paul Riley taught me how to play the tenor horn, the corner in E flat. Uh, so I was playing. I was playing. <laughs> Leave that in. I was playing. <laughs> I was playing. Um, I was playing brass at an early age. I've also played other instruments. I've played strings, uh, but there was always something about the piano that uh, I fell into, and it just it just seemed to work. Perhaps mm. uh, I was enamored how how Charlie played it and how Hector played it, and they could just make this thing sing, yeah. and sound like a whole orchestra. So. Uh, that, that there was a bit of passion that that sparked off. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's it. I mean, I always remember being amazed. Obviously, the teachers I had growing up, I had um, Lourdes Solfila, who was my teacher in first school. Yeah. And obviously, I had people like um, Hector Cortez, who was not only a, like a teacher, he was also a family friend. So it was double the dynamic and everything. Maybe even sure. double the pressure. Because obviously, ah, you had to perform. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> you couldn't get away with not practicing because dad would find out. Yeah. <laughs> and fact, oh, yeah, I know those feelings. And <laughs> apart from that, the fact that he was a family friend and knowing the fact that I could, you know, the lineage, I suppose, where I come from, and uh, many people know. Um, Without me being a musician, obviously to this day I'm not, but back then it was more like, okay, if you like music, you probably end up playing music. Yeah. And I did play bass for a little while, but then it just got tossed aside. My parents even bought me a guitar when I was 18, and I never stopped and played. But in the end of the day, it this happens. is how I play music. This is my, I just say my keyboard, my guitar. <laughs> but I remember the, just the fact that it was, the fact when you would see someone like Hector or like Lourdes or anybody who was playing music, to see them play it so beautifully and make yeah. it look so easy at the same time. Yes. But it, for them, what is made easy was a lot of years of perseverance, practice, and obviously DNA has nothing to do with it sometimes. But Hector was just one of those that he would actually see something in you and he would probably not want you to let it go. And and that's, yeah. I, I think yeah. if my dad would probably tell you the same thing, if he sat down, he would sat down here with us and... He'll probably tell you the same thing, you know. If it wasn't for those like guidance True. when he was in the music center or, or anything else, I don't think my dad would have continued playing the drums. That's the honest truth. Yeah, it happens. I mean, these great teachers and these great musicians that we've had in Gibraltar have have left a, a sort of legacy. In that sense, we always remember them and and their 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 better points and, and their better pointers and how they they helped us get to be the people that we are now. Because it's not just about your playing; it's about mm, yeah. how you develop. I, I think it's related to what you listen to. I think it's important to, to listen to good music and to have a real good backbone. Yeah. But what is good and bad? Maybe for another session. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, can, we can dive in. We'll have to look like, get maybe like a big box of vinyls and say, okay, this is good. This is bad. No. Yeah. But the thing is, everything, it's like I always say, and I say it to a lot of people, I even say it to young people. That what may sound beautiful to you may not sound beautiful to anybody else. Oh, but every song has a meaning to different people. And yeah, but there's a problem with the beauty. Uh, you see, because uh, we, we've fallen into the trap that everything is uh, subjective, that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I challenge that. I say no. There has to be an objective beauty for things to be really, really beautiful. And um, it's, it's a double-edged sword. The... I the beholder helps people gain more confidence and yeah. and get there. But sometimes, unfortunately, 
we think that things that are good, uh, well, we think that things that are, we think that bad things are good when they're not. Yeah. Because they're really bad, you know. So there's there's a big fine line there, and there's there's an aesthetical problem right now, philosophical problem with aesthetics in music. Yeah, I think so. That that needs to be un, unwrapped and unpacked and, and thought of, because loads of things that are happening, I think were. We're losing what was really, truly beautiful about performances. And, and these musicians that, that peak out, like, why were they so amazing? Yeah. They were so amazing, like you said before, because they worked at it, because they knew how to persevere, or they just kept on going to, to perfect and to beautify things. I mean, it's, it's something, something as simple. I was actually thinking about this the other day, because I, I saw this performance, and I was blown away, because obviously it's one of my all-time favorite songs as well. And I saw Frankie Valli perform you know, on, a, really? on a YouTube video. Ah, uh, I thought you were going to no, say live. I wish. I wish. I wish. <laughs> I'm thinking, hang on, you're uh, too young for that. No? Yeah. <laughs> He's still active, so never say never. Oh. But obviously, I, I saw him perform, and obviously the first track that he performed was the, the soundtrack to Greece, which is probably one of the all-time hits and all-time favorites of many people, at least. And I was just blown away in the recent to the world because he, he makes it look so easy, like we talked about before. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it, it makes you... and keeps you grounded and keeps you... And, I want to say hooks, if that's the right term, because no matter how many times you listen to the song, or how many listen, how many times you listen to that particular artist or any band or any particular, uh, for any particular reason, you have to go back as to okay, this is why you fell in love with them in the first place musically. It was uh, alive. Yeah. It was raw. Exactly. It was a performance. You had to be good to perform. You couldn't overdub and overdub and overdub and overdub. <laughs> you couldn't quantize. You couldn't sterilize it. It was. It was real. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that uh, that mentality, like you said. You know, it had it had to be raw, and if it it, it had to sound good for it to be not just accepted, but to be getting to be able to get the proper feedback. Yeah, but that's what makes a good track. Something that sounds really good on a track is because it's a great performance. Yeah, and it's something that that, that I, I I try to strive for. Uh, Victor's album, we tried to go for performances. Very difficult. Some of it was sterile. Why? Because we had to use samples. Uh, don't like that, but it has its it has its purpose. It has its yeah. use. But uh, unfortunately, as you can see here, we can't have a whole band here, which would be lovely. Yeah, it would change the sound. It it, it would really make it well better than what it is. Absolutely, and more than anything else, like you mentioned, even if you had the full band, it, it would actually take be taken aback in in an old school kind of way, where yeah. you'd learn to appreciate okay maybe this um, particular guitar sounds a bit low but maybe continue it up or that's a team effort you know and it's not just having to have individual individuals coming music in is about people yeah, music I is about people it's about relationships it's about saying something um but it's about doing it at, at the best of your ability and yeah. if you can as best as you can and, and if you can even better and that's the thing i mean you need to i think I, i've never been in a band or when far from it, but obviously from what I've seen with other musicians and even other bands, that you have to learn to give and take at the same time. Okay, sometimes <laughs> not always, but, which is true. But you have to learn to pretty much listen. You know, for, it's the feedback yeah. and that makes you guys or as a whole better musicians. And it's, it, you shouldn't take it badly just because they say, okay, maybe the guitar should be a bit lower, or maybe the, the like the vocal should be a bit lower. Make it, it should sound like this, or you shouldn't take it badly. But obviously, at the same time. Once the final product is out there, you're going to be like, okay, the, the 10 hours that we spent in Tarifa or any other local studio was worth it. And it, it works in every sense of the word. If there's that dynamic, then you're on to a winner. That's See, cool. you, you said something very important. Listening is, is the key. Yeah. You know, if you can't listen when you're playing, if you can't listen for those gaps, 
and know which ones to fill and which ones not to, to not fill. Uh, talking about Phil Valverde here, one of yep. the greatest lessons. Okay, Panther, okay, Canton Panther, me. Hi. Sorry. Uh, it's it's a bit raw still. Um, it is. One of the one of the best things that well, so many things that he taught me. But one of the things was listen, listen to the gaps, know which ones to fill, know which ones not to fill. Um, but anyway. Go Philip. <laughs> yeah, Philip was just. I think I, I was I was even talking about this with Jamie Chappie that we I think we could dedicate an entire, I'll probably say an entire week of having various musicians talk about Philip. I think it would take you more than a week. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, look, I had the privilege of, of of playing with with Philip, knowing him for years, but obviously playing with him for over three years, uh, and also with Pepe and with Ernesto and with Francis, you know, and different musicians that came and went from that. But man, I could tell you stories that would fill, uh, not just anecdotes, but, but really important music lessons. Yeah. You know, and uh, I always say that, yes, I went to music college, I went to music school, but then I went to my second music school with, with Philip. You he, know? He really knew, even when, obviously, his day job with photography and everything else, like, even as simple as showing me techniques when it came to photography, he was like, no, Mira, if you're going to get a Canon or, or any other camera, just just get th these lenses. And if you're going to do music, um, music uh, concert photography, this is how you're going about it. And it's all about color. It's exactly. all about composition. Absolutely. It's all about, you know, the, the form and the depth and it, it's transferable skills. And, and he had it in music. He had it in photography. I think he had a great, 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 great perspective. It, it's just the, not, not even the, about the perspective. It's, I guess it's more about the attitude as well. You know, he, like nothing... Nothing was impossible with Philip, and that's even when I would see him perform with the jukebox band or the Rileys or anything, anywhere, anywhere, pretty much. Just the fact when he would perform in places, I, I was always blown away because for him, it was, whether he was performing his favorite Hotel California or anything else, he was like, if it was like if he was performing it in front of 10,000 people, and it was always a spectacle in a good way, <laughs> and it was always fun. At least for me, that's that what I always take away. and. I remember when I actually made this my career, if that's the right term, uh, I just started talking to him about this and he's like, well, if you ever get stuck, you know that you can turn to the ones that you know. And obviously the ones that I knew, obviously, that's pretty much, I just say how this pretty much has become my career. If it wasn't for that, I don't think I'd be anywhere. But when I told him, Phil, we need to do that interview. And if it has to be recorded, even if it doesn't get published anyway, but at least have that record. <laughs> but knowing Philip as well as we did, it was always, okay, come to the shop, no problem. Yeah. Go to the shop, but obviously it, was, it would be occupied with somebody else. Or you'd find that famous notes back in 10 minutes. And 10 minutes would be an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. But it didn't really matter because even, at least to me, now I'm not bothered by it because I knew he was doing something that made him happy. And even when you would see him perform, you, you already felt like you knew him musically and as a person. Mm. It, that's what it felt like to me, you know, it, it was very personal. Obviously, the fact that he knew my dad had a lot to do with it, but it was just, it was very surreal to see him like most of the times because it was more like, like I said, everything was a spectacle, everything was fun and everything was... It's a performance. Yeah, and you, he enjoyed if, it. If you play the same tunes a hundred times, you've got to find something each time you play it to make it special. Yeah. Not just for the people listening, but for yourself. Because um, in, in Latin we say, Queen on Adit, non enchanted. He who is not a blaze cannot alight. Yep. So it's that sort of infection that has to be in you to pass to someone else. That yep. sort of love of the, what you're doing to be able to, to pass to someone else. And that's the, the key, I think. That, that wisdom, like yeah. you mentioned, that, that he was able to pass on to many others, and including yourself, is something that we'll always try. One, one tries. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing. I mean, he was. 
he was willing to give back. You know, he, yes, he was. And as I think whether it was something for it was if it was something charitable, which is yeah. one of the last big things he ever did. He performs in the pop crawl all across Jib for GBC Open Day. Then he did um, some stuff for pancreatic cancer, which is cancer close to his heart. You know, he did. He was always doing something for charity. Mm-hmm. And also, when when even when I was writing his obituary, which I had to write, unfortunately, was one of the hardest things I've ever had to write. Was very challenging in every sense of the word because it, it was more to remember all the things he's done, and mo- most of the things that people yeah. don't remember. The super band at the national days were his idea. I was there. And those, uh, I was very lucky to be there. So lucky, so yeah. lucky. And those super bands that, that made yeah. National Day what it's all about. I think that they were always exciting because you were like it was hard work. Yeah, because obviously it's more. I just say you're performing maybe with musicians you've never performed with before, but when the final result was out there. And then it's obviously it's there's testament, there's this tape, there's MP, well, nowadays MP3s, but. To have that collection, if that's what the right term to use, you probably think, it's like we talked about before we started, obviously Friday Night Live has had amazing collaborations. That's been a great, great thing. But that that was, back then, it was only on on an earlier basis, so it was more exciting. Or if I wonder who Philip will will collaborate with next or whoever. But this time it's been a fantastic ride, I suppose. Yeah, the, the Friday Night Live was was absolutely amazing as you said we one of the things that i think is going to stand out bumped into alice again uh, a couple of days ago and she was saying that we have to have this recorded somewhere like as you say the, the super groups and but there's so many other things things that i haven't taken part of that you think like wow yeah no i mean so many other concerts so many of the musicians that we've been blessed with and visiting artists as well that have come to the rock yeah that just just stand out and give you a, a blast of sunshine I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I, when, even when we look back as to the ones that have actually come over, like you mentioned, and even when we look at the ones that we've had, pretty much on our doorstep, I always say, because at the same time... I, it's you, too good to be true, isn't it? Yeah, and Adrian always tells me the same thing. He said, like, if every local musician from the past or the present were to hold hands, you'd probably fill up the, half, the, the whole of Jib, because it's so true. <laughs> and I'm always amazed, because I'm always very... Not just because of what bands or artists are working on, but I'm always more amazed because as to how it can sound as a collective, you know, but at the same time, mm. when you see all these singer-songwriters, some as young as 15, 14, even 13, and even younger, obviously, through the admins of uh, Gamp and everything else, but the the fact that they are willing to learn and to make music a career and make it their career, and actually they want to go out, perhaps go to uni, study music, and then maybe venture out into the hopes of being signed by a label, or nowadays not even being signed by a label. Yeah, that, that, that's changed. It, yeah. it never was the case in the past. And it took a lot of work to, to get people realize that they could go. They could go and study, you know. Uh, again, coming back to the Chappies um, and Hector with the, with the center, there were very few who actually had the privilege to go out to study yeah. and who had that chance. Uh, there, there were more um, in in my in my year group because of the Chappie's influence and on the other side as I, as I mentioned like before and us coming back and realizing that it can be done sparked off something quite big yeah. you know, and we had loads of loads of young young men when I was in in Bayside when it was just a boys school flying off and and following the dream following yeah. the dream for some of them it was the music dream for others it was a a, a route to get to where they wanted yeah. to be and and now we're blessed. We have so many music graduates, most of them living away. Some who've come back, 
some great ones who come back. Uh, I just can't wait for the next chapter. I really yeah. can't. Because what should happen now is that should explode Absolutely. exponentially. And, and we should get to the next level, which is having musicians stay on, do their PhDs, have an amazing career, come back and set up a really good music department in a really good university. Yeah. And it, some, way or one, some way or another it will happen, I think. I hope one so. way or another, at least. I, I hope so, anyway. It'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> and even uh, the, obviously the fact that you know, being in school and obviously studying in school at the same time, but obviously venturing out, obviously you get also you get curious, you start going out, and obviously back then again it's something we take for granted that there wasn't really there was a scene, and I'm not saying there there isn't one now, but back then there was, but obviously not big big gigs like a music festival, National Day even wasn't even part of it back then, but. You had the Barrow House. Exactly. <laughs> all these all, <laughs> on Bourbon Street. All these I, I, I played in Bourbon Street for a while. And, and there were nice little venues. And um, we, we, had, we had some good times as well because the dancers were the thing. Those were the yeah. gigs. The dancers and the weddings. Yeah. If, you, if you landed those, speak you were after I was there. Right? They're, 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 they're the ones to speak to about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I always say everybody has an after hours story. So one yeah, way I have a few. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried <it> to. <laughs> <laughs> I could probably, we could probably get carried away, but I don't think the guys will appreciate that well, in a good, good way. No, I've got some. I never ones, forget so. uh, my my very quick after our story. They were playing dancing on the ceiling, and this was in the Caleta. And guess who danced on the ceiling? Neville. We picked him up, and he danced on the ceiling. And thankfully, they painted over the foot plaques. Uh, they realized very very. We didn't do it for that reason. We just did it for dancing on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Oh, what, what a band! Great bands, great guys too. Yes, yeah, that's the best. I, humble guys as well. I yeah. say, uh, even when you venture out into the like the rehearsal space in Wellington and France, it's it's always like there's always the term they say. Well, this is where the magic happens, and that's pretty much what, what I feel every time I've gone down. And obviously, mm. they've always made me feel very welcome. And the fact when I just depend whether it's been Giles or it's been Tim or it's now with Antho, I've always been made very welcome. Obviously, and even listening to on previewing things that they've been up to, it's like. Okay, guys, you know, yeah. this is something that could be out there. This is something that could be on a record, yeah. you know. And Before they were after hours, we still used to look up to them. Hell's Exit. Gosh. No, no, no Hell's Exit. Grey Vision. Okay, that's even before I knew. Yeah. So we used to look up to them and um, we, we there were different people that we looked up to. Uh, but but they were the guys to try and be like. And everyone else was too old. They were a bit closer to our <laughs> yeah. age. You know, because there was a big disparity between the, the kids' bands who weren't taken seriously at all, and then you had the the adults' bands. You know, <laughs> and, and one of the ones that you really wanted to 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 watch was the Atom Bombers. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that was that was just out of this world. It was completely different to what there was at the time as well. Totally. And uh, even when you listen to it back, obviously, not even just listening to the music, but learning to appreciate it, it's like it sounds so. Out there back yeah. then, you know, because like you mentioned, obviously the dancing on the ceiling <laughs> compared to what them and the Atom Bombers were doing, which was a lot of original stuff, which not many people may, may realize. Obviously, if they listen to them now, they'll probably be blown away, I think, the same way most people were then. Yeah. But I mean, I remember my dad even speaking to me about the Atom Bombers, like, you should listen to them if you I can mean, ever man, what a get a recording. You've got Andy Romo, exactly, I mean, one of wow. the best, absolutely. And then we've got Francis again, I was lucky to play with Francis, that was amazing. I mean, Francis Bessino, wow. Fun, I've got a funny anecdote about Francis. You do? Yes, I do. His first ever drum kit he actually bought for my dad. Really? Yes, he did. Wow. And he was actually going to be on the show very soon as well. So we look forward to listening Definitely. to his stories.
one of his many stories. I think we'll <laughs> it's a good thing we don't actually have tape and we actually got uh, SD cards that can actually last a lifetime. But it's it's one of those things, you know, like we you say, like you you look up to these musicians growing up, and yeah. it's not just about looking up and looking up to them. I always say, just because they're locals doesn't mean they can't be your heroes. And I always associate, like my, at least from, from apart from my uncle and my dad, I always associate myself with believing and always loving the fact the duo between Giles and Stephen, which I yeah. always I always call the John Lennon and Paul McCartney of Gibraltar because <laughs> of the, the dynamic without the Yoko Ono factor playing into it. Yeah. But, but I mean that's that dynamic, you know, that brotherhood. Uh, mm-hmm. It's always been even like, similar to After Hours. Even when I've been to the to the rehearsal space, even when they were recording their second album, listening to their magic and to see it in the magic happen. Mm. But to see them pretty much not just the like we talked about before, the ins and outs of saying okay, maybe we can do this a bit more. Maybe it's or using their influences on this record that which was an incredible record all around. You talk about brotherhood, uh, you know, there's, there's brotherhood, there's sisterhood, depending on who, obviously. But um, it's it's a brotherhood it forged over countless of hours of, of sweat and tears yeah. and a bit of rock and roll, if that's the style, and a bit of music. If it's not, well, rock and roll is music as well. i gotta be, I got to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but it's, it's forged in the rehearsal room and forged on stage as well. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a balance. You can't rehearse for too long. You have to go out on stage because that's where you learn. That is where yeah. you really get to know whether if what you're doing works or doesn't. I mean, it's more that I think you, you have to feel the roar from the crowd to know understand what what actually works. And that well, helps. I think it's not sometimes it's not even about the feedback, but if. I, if it could be something as simple as a guitar solo, or even like maybe a high pitch uh, chorus, or anything else, you know, it, but it's more if you grasp what actually sounds mm-hmm. good, or even what doesn't sound good. But it's the experience to see, okay, this works, this doesn't. So maybe you eliminate one song from the repertoire. Yeah. Okay, maybe you can try this one. Maybe this one will work better. That uh, that has its its good points. I, have, I always I was very reticent to do that though with with some of the bands I played in because. Um, part of it was because I was very arrogant at one time. Thankfully, I well, I hope that I'm not as arrogant as I used to be. <laughs> but at well, one other musicians do the talking. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right, thanks. Uh, <laughs> my, my ears are burning. <laughs> they must be saying something bad. No, um, I was I was very arrogant one time, thinking thinking this, and I and I couldn't put my 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 finger on it. And it's like, yes, you want the crowd's feedback. But you cannot let the listener dictate what you're going to do. Absolutely. Um, th- and again, we're talking about fine fine lines, and I think there's a fine line there. It, I totally agree with you. An intimate pub gig or, or a gig somewhere where you have maybe 100, 150 people, th- they follow you, then you can get that sort of vibe off them. Yeah. But I think as, as, as creative artists, it's important that the next album tries to say something different or... Yeah. or or develop with you, because if you're always going to write that four chord song that's going to get them jumping on the on the ceiling <laughs> or, or on on the on the tabletops or whatever, it, it'll last for so long and, and then it'll go stale. I mean, I, I've never had a hit. I, I don't presume I ever will be. I'm a I'm a local amateur musician, and what I do yeah. is what I do, and and and, and I try and, and and enjoy it, help people with it, but. If I ever did have a hit, I wouldn't want it to be a one-hit wonder just because of a populist thing dictating what works or what doesn't. I mean, I think that's why, and at least from what I've gathered, at least most bands 
or even artists in particular, like worldwide it happens, and locally it happens, but to a certain level it doesn't. You have to sometimes, like you wing it, like you actually ask the, band, the, the, the crowd and you say, yeah. oh, do you want to listen to this? And if they want to listen to it, and the, the, that roar that we're talking about, mm-hmm. if they respond well to it, that means, okay, we're <laughs> going to do it all the time, every time you perform. Because bands are going to be you. expecting you to play that song that you're known yeah. for, which happens with, a lot, even whether it's, you're playing a cover or you're playing an original. Yeah, and that, it's a funny thing that, that used to happen. I don't know if it still does, because I'm out of the scene here. Um, every cover band or little band in Jib had their song yeah. or their repertoire. And and I used to love it. Um, uh, Glow, talking about Glow, oh my yeah. gosh, and, and, and Michael and, and, and Lawrence and, and the rest of the guys. What a band. There was, there was no one who could come close to free falling like yeah. they did. You know, and then there were some other ones that the Jade would play, and uh, not the full Jade, the Jade when they, when they yeah. were just in, in sax, sax one. Yeah. Uh, and they'd play some Phil Collins, and like, wow, you know, and, and we would try them, and we wouldn't sound half as good, so we wouldn't play them. <laughs> it's the same thing with After Hours, going back to the After Hours thing, you always know they're going to play a Total song because they're very influential. They're amazing. By yeah, oh, definitely. And they do them amazingly well, I must yes. say. Which is, which is really annoying. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say it. No, no. <laughs> It's amazing, but it's annoying because, like, my wow! And so yeah. I don't do Toto because I, I just can't. <laughs> I, I remember, like, I, I think it was prior to May Day in 2017, and I remember yeah. just going down to their studio and to the rehearsal space rather, and they were like, "Okay, this is what we're going to do." I just read the list and I was amazed, you know. So I'm like, "Okay, people will probably respond to it," and they had just released their first single by that point. But people will always want to listen to the hits. That's what they go for. Yep, and that's true. And. I saw that Hold the Line was on, on, on the list, and I'm, I have always been amazed as to how they've done it, and not just do that song, but many others. Yeah. And I was like, okay, if they, if they pull this off, obviously, again, in a crowd like Casemates on a May Day, you know, people are going to want more, not just more Toto, but maybe any other Toto song. And then a few months later, or even a year later, after Tim had left, they did another um, Toto song. They did Angels Don't Cry, did mm-hmm. it, the story goes on, and it's just like, there's an art to it there's a magic to it it's it's the magic it's like yeah. you said it's unexplainable sometimes as to how well it sounds well they they've they've definitely got the skills and, and they've definitely got the ears uh, but they've got the colors yeah uh, it's and I'm, I'm always thrown away thrown away thrown away i'm taking oh, it back taking it back taking it back <laughs> yeah and there's an echo 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 uh, yeah it, it always gets me how how amazing how how perfect trevor does his his, his sound recreations and i just I'd love to know what the magic formula is, and I know it's loads of hours, loads of hours. He used to play the organ, uh, church organ, and he used to be amazing with with the stops and yep. things and creating sounds. But he's just got this natural gift for, for colour in music, and, and the others, uh, whether it's with his, I mean, Jameis, wow, um, whether any of them, any of them, because it's like the band. Yes, they go through various transformations. Yeah. So I gotta watch out who's playing, who's playing, who's, who's on first. Um, it's just that they all have this sensibility to color dynamics to form to rhythm to, to pitch amazing ears ama- yeah. amazing but it's like every conversation you want to have with the band even like we went to just prior to triple to calling 2017 and obviously once we gave them the invitation that they were going to perform at the event uh we were talking about we had we'll be having dinner and obviously they were talking about songs they they wanted to to cover for an upcoming rock and rock gig Mm. And I just suggested one of the songs that one of my all-time favorite songs, and it's one of the songs that, from this particular band that doesn't get played enough. And I just remember just Robert looking at me like, "Bingo, that's the one." Yeah, and yeah. 
they didn't play it, and I'm still very upset that they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was it was just more to get into listen to that conversation of yeah. what, what they could do and what would work. Robbie's and what cool. Wouldn't. I like Robbie. I mean, but I get along yeah. with all of them, you know. Everyone. Oh no, yeah, yeah. And, and I, what a, what a drama. I don't I, know what, I've I, recently been working on a track that um, I did years ago. One of my own compositions with I uh, did years ago with Tim, and and Ivan actually played on the track, and. His style of playing has influenced my programming of the drums because it's wow. just, I mean, he's spot on, you know, he's spot on. Anyway, but yeah. that's after hours and uh, many <laughs> others. Uh, <laughs> like we said, those conversations, at least to me, anyway, um, I'm always blown away whenever mm -hmm. I hear these conversations. When I'm even when I'm around them or even when I'm actually watching them, I'm, I like to be surprised. I don't like to know what's actually they're going to play next, unless I'm actually down at the rehearsal space or so like to do an interview like this one or anything else. I like to be surprised and I've yeah. always been I've been very fortunate and lucky to be surprised with everything they've done in the, over the years yeah for them and many other bands which is fantastic so as the years go on obviously like you mentioned like the first band obviously to get out there in the scene more than anything else tell us about that particular first band and obviously what you guys set out to do back then wow we decided to become rich and famous <laughs> uh, I'm still trying to work on that <laughs> that's still the goal <laughs> now the, the, the more I do things the less money I have because I'm investing in the equipment so the, there's no richness there uh, the first band yeah, um, again Nevergliano James Sud, uh Paul Cipollina Karen Marsan and then and then Ivan came along as well Ivan Victor and uh, we were just in, in Bayside in the second year there or the first year I can't remember now and we got together to play some originals and ended up playing in the GBC Open Day um, and uh, it, it was just an amazing experience of, of just playing music. Yeah. You know, some people did football, some people did uh, swimming, some people did hockey, and we did music. So it was uh, a lovely start into the, the band scene, because as a, as a pianist, I'd always been on my own playing. Yeah. Uh, play, you play piano, you play pieces, you can, you can accompany what you're playing uh, with the left hand, right hand does a melody sometimes. And it was just great to be in with a bunch of guys in a room playing yeah. music with the worst equipment, <laughs> <laughs> probably the worst sound, <laughs> 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 but we learned a lot and had lots of fun. And that's the most important thing. I mean, even when you have fun and even when you, if you don't set out to do something, you said to make or make get rich and famous, as long as you're with the right people, I suppose it, it mm. makes the experience more thrilling. Mm -hmm. And not, not not just thrilling as well because you're performing live, but thrilling because it's like a team effort. And you're like, oh, like back then, obviously nowadays with the internet, you can just look for the guitar tabs and the chords and everything else. But back then, to learn a, a first a new song was like something you'd be blown away by. It it was it was tricky. Um, music well scores weren't. We didn't have access to scores. We used our ears, and if we were lucky, we could. Those of us who could read, we could yeah. always double check things eventually when we did find the score. But we were more of an originals band, even back then. We wanted to do what we wanted to do. We wanted to say what we wanted to say. And uh, very grateful always to, again, to Trevor, who actually recorded our first couple of, I'll call them singles, our first <laughs> couple of songs. Uh, one that Neville uh, composed was were called Not Surprised, which we played live last year, in fact, with Neville. Um, at a gig we did with him and Tim and Nolan um, and Ivan and Jameis and Paul it, it was really fun and that was my experience with my first band and they kicked me out and I will forever forever be upset with them for kicking me out 
You know, it was so, so sad, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they're probably trolling and laughing in the in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like we always say, dodgy characters, but at the same time, fun characters at the same time. Ah, oh, lovely guys, lovely guys. And in fact, it's been brilliant over, over the years, getting back together with them and playing different jams and different bits and pieces. And one, one of the funnest with Neville was um, towards the end of Chango Matni, we we used to get together to do jams at Lord Nelson's, yeah. and uh, the jams that we did were were really jams where we would just turn up, and we would play, and we would not know not know what we play, and we used to call them strawberry jam, and um, I think that we had Jorge as well who came along to play guitar, Nev Tristan was there, was Craig there, I can't I can't I forget. Or Neville used to play bass sometimes, a long time ago, but we had some great 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 fun with 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 the lineup and and again with paul and with paul and james and ivan we've had some some great fun too and that's the most important thing as long as you have fun and you get out mm. there like and, and not even getting getting out there but it's like you mentioned obviously the the spontaneity of just going to Lord nelson's and just plug and play you know yeah and I, as i say that's the most i think the most amazing thing at the end of the day because if you plug and play then it, it doesn't just prove that you get to, you know, actually know the ones that you're playing with, but it just shows you the abilities that you guys have, you know, to say, okay, we can play this song. Okay, do you know how to play this one? Okay, let's play this. We didn't play songs. Exactly. We, we just improvised. Just, uh, uh, improvised, it was all instrumental. And that's the most important thing. If you improvise, and it, at the end of the day, it makes you, keeps you grounded, maybe at the same time, but at the same time, it, it, it teaches you not only to learn the ropes, but it's, it it gets your creative juices flowing because from mm. from that something maybe a track could come out, or it could be a something as looking at a pint, at a pint glass and think maybe we can make <laughs> a song out of this. Or that's the way it works. Sometimes the most that sounds like a song that Adrian Pisarello would write. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nunca jamás. Yes. <laughs> and he's still paying the consequences for that. Oh. <laughs> nah, but joking aside, it's. It's stuff like that that, like obviously, he talks about a drunken knight mm -hmm. or uh, like uh, a very drunken knight, brother. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> it's the most ridiculous of lyrics, even on a worldwide scale. Or the song titles are the ones that make and become hits. So yeah, and it's just the way it works. Unfortunately, and unfortunately at the same time, it's like there's. I always say like even when I listen to many local music tracks, I was listening to. We were talking about him before. I was listening to Menor del Dia by Jamie Chappie a few days ago. Yeah. And I love that song, and it's one of my all-time favorites. And I always listen to it now, and I think, you know, this could have easily been a hit. Yes, and if definitely. They had made it, you know, and, but unfortunately, obviously, yeah. timing was, wasn't right. Jamie's great. But it's... it's Jamie's great. Yeah, all around. Yeah. And, and just those I like tracks... It's cool. What he writes about, or what he wrote about in those songs, and it's everything, you know, it just works. That's it. But yeah. I was listening to him and I was actually telling my girlfriend about it. I was listening to it all the way through and I was like, he's exactly saying what I really want to do when I, we were able to cross over into Spain right now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's something as simple as that, but it's the truth, you know. It, it, yeah. it, it's music with feeling. And yes, that, that, that's Jamie, that's Adrian, that's, that's many of them. Yeah, many of the best ones are music with, with feeling. Yeah. Music with feeling and, and, this, and this, yeah. I mean, even when I was listening to I'm Scared, which is a probably a phenomenal song and one of my all-time favorites by Jamie as well. 
and just listening to it obviously when you look i'm not saying that even when you're listening to it without headphones you can't appreciate it but when you've actually got headphones on <laughs> and you're walking as you go along as you day by day you hear more don't you yeah and you listen yeah. to it more and you get to feel more in every, in every sense of the word and when you grasp the lyrics or even grasp the melody or anything yeah. else it makes you appreciate it a lot more as the years go by and that's exactly what happened to me with that particular album mm-hmm. just a few weeks ago and it's a one of my all-time favorites and we were fortunate enough that Jamie spoke to us about the the album as obviously the fact they worked with Dennis Valergo and mm-hmm. etc. Ah, Dennis is good. And Dennis is another one. We could, we could oh, yeah. dedicate a really long show on like honest. He's actually made a living out of music. How many people can say that locally as well? Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. That's the best way to go on about it. Even as the years would go by, and obviously, yeah. obviously you talk about your first band, and obviously the, the, the improvisation, or not even and the ad libbing or anything else, but to pretty much realize how important music becomes to you how important did it become at least to even without it becoming what you're studying that that's an interesting question because for a time i thought it was very important but in reality it wasn't sometimes the idea of something becomes important than the thing itself and when the idea of something becomes more important than the thing itself it means that you you're crosswise you know you there's something not quite right so um, at first it was like, wow, yeah, rich and famous, yeah, didn't happen, doesn't matter, yeah, uh, oh, I'm in a band, oh, oh, I can play a song. And and eventually, after the hours, after the mistakes, the, the, the painstaking corrections, uh, the, the great advice and the harsh advice from critics or from teachers or from, or from, from friends and, and family, people, people who know about it, um, it stops becoming an idea and it starts becoming a thing. And when it becomes a thing, there are two ways it can go. It can take over your life, or it can become a really good part of your life. Yeah. And I don't know what it's like for others, but, but for me, the three things have happened. It was an idea more than it was a thing. Then it took over life, and, and I was branded as, oh, you are the music teacher, you are the musician. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing else you can do about that. And uh, uh, for a time, it was, it was horrible. Yeah. It was horrible because, uh, what do you know? All you know how to do is, is play the piano. Now I joke about it and I say, ah, I don't know man, much, I just know how to play the piano. <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and for a time it, 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 became, it became a curse. I remember speaking to Albert Hammond about this at, at his house in, in Spain once. Oh, music has become a curse. What? How can music be a curse, Christopher? What, what's, what's going on? No, this is, this is rubbish, you can't be there. And it, and it had because um, this is what you're good at, this is what we're going to to ask you to do this is what we're going to give you to do this is what we're only interested in yeah and there's another side to a person and it took me a while from being away from music for a couple of years to realize that it's become what you become associated with as well yeah so it's it's but, but it's important to have to have music in its place yeah it, music is not my life music is part of my life and and because i was so involved in different projects and teaching uh, and, and spending all hours of the day and, and of life, it, it became everything, yeah. which which was which was wrong. In in, in a good way, it's in a bad way. It's like you said, it's, it does take over. In, yeah, and even it's not just the fact, the fact that it takes over. It's a bad thing because it's not. It's far from it. Because if you have a talent, like you say, it's it, it's very beautiful to have that in, uh, within your arsenal. But at the same time, it becomes a curse because this is what you're expected to do and. And yeah. you, like we talked about, like I mentioned before, it's like they will only associate you with music because maybe you like philosophy, for example, but people 
may not associate you with philosophy, they'll just associate yeah. you with music. And they have no idea that there are three dimensions to the person. Yeah. Or more or, or more, more facets to the person. And and it's it was hard it was it was it was difficult. It was difficult. Yeah. Thankfully now I can laugh more about about yeah. it and it doesn't I mean, bother I me as much. After your experience <laughs> with the Victor's album you probably could um, I just say more grounded and you can actually laugh or um, just no it happened before Victor's album. It, it was when when I went away to the States and I didn't do music for, for a number of years. I I could have become involved in music in the in the town I was in, but I said no, I'm not gonna be Christopher Cortez the musician. I'm going to be Christopher Cortez the educator. And no one's going to know that I do music and, and no one did. And uh, it was great. It was great because it gave me a rest and it made me realise that yes, of course I can do other things. Yeah. And that's the most important thing as well. And uh, aside from that, it keeps you in a, in a, obviously the advent of social media and everything else. It keeps you more alert as to what everyone else is doing. If you because mm. if, if you focus on your own, maybe sometimes you don't realise what others are doing in a good way and a bad way. But mm. you want to see not just what friends are doing, but sometimes you pretty much what's I want to say hooking the local public as yeah. to what they like and what they're enjoying right now. Like if it's a jet stream or a Jim Pizzarello or anything mm. else, and even as I just say as far back as a year ago. Like when we talked about when we talked about Victor's album, I remember just getting home and obviously off the record, obviously speaking to to Karinda <laughs> at home about it and just telling her look. Obviously, she's been raised in that limelight and obviously that light uh, and about music as well and telling her about it and she was like, I can't wait to listen to it. That's all she said. Yeah, and brilliant. Once w w obviously we went to the launch and obviously bought the album very gladly as well and played it for her and she was amazed completely. Thank you. And. It it it, just, it was nice to. I'm not, I'm not saying because I can be biased, but it it was nice to be around it to listen to it again and le yeah. learning to appreciate it a little more. Yeah. And the fact that people were singing along to it as well on the day, it was beautiful all the way through. You know. And well, they've had those tracks for years, and now finally they've got them in a different way. Uh, I was I was we we were I say we we were quite worried because we would we didn't know the reaction that people would have because. If a song has become years, yeah. and it's been years for twenty years, and then someone else comes and and redoes it, um, so we we had mixed mixed feelings from different people, and the the best one, uh, this this lady, um, lovely lady from from one of the prayer groups, I I hated the album when I first started listening to it. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Oh no! What's what's happened? Yes, because you took away something that was mine, and then I heard it a few more times. And I realized what you were trying to do. Yeah. And then I started appreciating it. Oh, see, Chango Matni. That's something with a lot of people will get to. And I think a lot of people will probably treasure for a lifetime. That's <laughs> what, I'm just showing you the, uh, the original copy of the album that never was. And there's a dubious photograph of the three of us. The three monkeys. <laughs> Hear no evil, see no evil, and speak no evil. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. Uh, and it worked. But people were uh, to this day, and even as far back as then, and even today, obviously through the Friday Night Live uh, sessions, obviously more than anything else. Yeah, they were fun. There was it was a bit of a resurgence with you guys now. But I mean, I don't think many people like we talk about many local bands that had that uh, rise. Like we talk about Jade had a steady glow after hours, etc. But I don't think even to to this day people realize how big Chango Matni became. Oh, oh thank you. Um, that's my honest opinion. Well, that, that's really nice of you to say. 
big as in what? Not not a panza. No? <laughs> okay, that's big now. Well, I, I used to pride myself because I could still fit into my Chango Mani jeans, but I can't anymore. Well. Um, but uh, I think, it, look, it was a blast. It was fun. It was amazing. Um, and yeah, people people forget. I mean, Jade was a heck of a lot bigger. No? And so was so were the other bands that you mentioned. We were we, we were little. There were three of us, and we had different musicians at different times, uh, but but the core of it was was Tris, Craig, Craig and I, and obviously um, Ivan, who who came in and out for different things. Uh, it was great to to be able to well to play with them, I suppose, over over the technological advancements that we have now with with the cloud. It was it was magical, and and it took us back. It took us back and and made us reflect and think back on those those days um interesting days it was that it was the time that you could get a, a residency somewhere yeah. you know and and we were we were fortunate enough to to get to know to the, the hunter twins yeah John uh, and Andy, yeah great sponsors of the gms ah, that's well. good so we're very grateful to them as well. well um and they they took us in to their brand new lord nelson place and uh, we played every single saturday bar a couple um, for holidays, for, for for a number of years. Oh, no, I remember I was fifteen and I actually went to see one of you got your gigs. So it, it was a long time ago. <laughs> Let's just, yeah, that's showing my age there too. I was, but but we had we had such a blast and it was it was very again we learned to what uh, a what we learned a lot. <laughs> see we about the bloopers that we talk about. Yes, we, we I I just left the the band with Philip. And and for a for a, for a short time I played with Tyree, and and, and Jamis and and Tyree's brother and 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 there were some really really good musicians in that band, um, but I wanted to do some original stuff. I I wasn't I wasn't interested in a purely rock sound and 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 I carried on, and I was introduced to to Tristan and Craig and and the rest is history as they say, and it was a beautiful thing as well. It's like. I, w- I want to say even like so- something as simple as watching the m- the music video to Doo Doo, for example. You can see the fun, the banter, <laughs> not, not the frolics, and n- n- it's, it's something and home produced as well. Which uh, it looks like in it's this been recorded. room, it's been re- it looks like it's been recorded like masterfully. In, in I'm not saying doubting anybody's talents, like within the band, but it's it makes you think. Why isn't this out there? Like it sounds just like the police. Because I remember this. The, the, the police was a big influence. The yep. police was a great influence. I mean, I remember years ago, very long time ago, I was listening to the album with one of my friends in the car, and this is maybe 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. and people actually stopped us in the, the police. No, Trango Money. <laughs> we just well, thank remember. you very much for the compliment. <laughs> I don't know who the person was. I've never, I've, to this day, I haven't seen them since. <laughs> but it was very nice for them to compare, like you mentioned, the influences that you guys had to make this product work. Yeah, we, we, we were very influenced by the police. Uh, we wanted a sort of their, their raw sound. We, we didn't want too, m- too, much, too much processing and stuff. And uh, we were a trio. So my left hand played bass, uh, influenced totally by, by Brian Torres. Uh, my right hand played organ uh, when I found the keys. And, and Craig lent me his, his Trace Elliott bass amp. And it, just sound, it sounded amazing. <laughs> Sounded really, really bad, but it sounded so bad that it was yeah. good, you know. And, and Tristan with his um, so many different uh, drums, and he's got I, I'm, I'm gosh, he's got so many drum kits and so many bits of drums in here. And, it's and all about DNA. He's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Sí, I mean definitely, and, and and Craig too. It it just seemed to work. It it seemed to work. I don't I don't know how, but it seemed to work. It's like you said, you know, the rest is history, and obviously yeah. it was more. It's like Destiny put you guys together, like in, in every sense. Well, to make this album and to pretty much like we talked about, obviously the Friday Night Live, but to think back 18, 19 years later, where people mm. are still talking about the album. And not yeah. even talk about the album, but by the fact that they would like to see you guys re reunite. Although, although you guys did it online, but it would be great to see a reunion gig. That would be well. amazing. I mean, uh, and more so if to 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 have Ivan Ivan back, it would be great to play with Ivan. Such such an amazing bass player. Yeah, he is. Um, uh, it would be fantastic if we could do it. We'd need roadies because I'm too old to cut speakers around. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm sure that uh, if we all get together, it would be great. I, I'd love to. I'd love to. It'll be different, very different with a very different people. I mean, gosh, if you listen to the lyrics that we were writing in those days, uh, Craig and I were really depressed. <laughs> How bleak, you know. Um, Doo Doo was a fun, uh, fun nonsense song. I just say they were sad, fun, fun, and energetic. <laughs> yes, they were. We had the Chango Matni ending where we always sped up, and uh, and and and. I remember that sometimes I used to hate it. I used to start off so they had to follow me. Yeah. And then it caught on and we, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. Do you guys still get taken back? Obviously, the, even before obviously the, the idea came about to reunite virtually and online. But do you guys still get taken back as to how f fondly people remember Chango Money? That was, yes. Um, it, was, it was a pretty, it was a humbling experience. Um, yeah, yeah, we played loads, loads of concerts here and we were, we were very fortunate to be liked by many people back then but to have people who from a different generation yeah. to, to uh, it happened the other day uh, and this sounds like this sounds sounds silly not that sounds i don't know you you be the judge of it we we turn up at a restaurant um underneath uh, the inces hall you know and uh, the theater cafe i think yeah. it's called is it yeah, yeah. yeah okay i shouldn't have plugged them no, you can't plug them. I can't plug them. Okay. You like the place. <laughs> and uh, there was a young lady, and she she looks at me, and, and she goes, "Do I know you?" And uh, I'm Chris Cortez, you know. And uh, of course, you don't know me. You know, I'm here with my wife, and we're we're having we're having lunch. And Victor's friend, and Victor was there. And hang on, hang on, Chango Matni. And I'm thinking, this is this is a dream. Like this is impossible. Like this cannot be. Uh, and then it clicked. She was Craig's. Nice. So, <laughs> isn't it amazing when that happens? Yeah, yeah. But it didn't let me to get too big for myself. So, but it was lovely because uh, even though it, it's it's family members or people who pick it up, it's always nice that other people like it for for something that perhaps I'd forgotten that, yeah. that we had had. It's so long ago. Musically, it's so long ago. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, obviously, now with like we talked about the internet and everything else nowadays, mm. it's people can become more curious as to what there was and there has been in the local music scene or not even just in the local music scene but in the past obviously if you want to listen to Billie Holiday you can just go to Spotify you can listen to Billie Holiday I like Billie Holiday and it's people like, yeah. like pioneers like Billie Holiday yep. and, and many others you know but you listen to it back and you think why wasn't I listening to this back then but with mm. local music I, uh, I was speaking to this about with Jamie the other day that it's either you buy the album when it's out or, or you it gets it. lost with, in, with time yeah. And when you rediscover it for the first time, it may be God yeah. knows how long, which happens to be the Jip Connection album as well recently. Yeah. But when you listen to it back, you're like, oh, that's what the, what the fuss was about. Yeah. 
and it works to, to that level too and to many other different levels as well and you guys obviously went to Wales as well which is fantastic. we went to Wales thanks to I think it was the Rock on the Rock Club yep. and it was the time that we, we had a bit of uh, it was the only time I think in the history of Gibraltar that we had a bit of a political unrest with some neighbours from the north side of the border to quote Philip's song um, and we went over to well we went over for the, for the gig and for the fun but obviously, it was it was a great idea to have Gibraltar's voice yeah. through the Gibraltar musicians, and and it was fun because Jamie was there, and oh, oh, Chris Johnson was there with his band. Dirty work. Yeah, dirty work. And, and who else? There were a, there were there were a couple of extra ones, yeah. and and people from Wales, and it Chris was Johnson's great. Chris Johnson's band is another band I just say doesn't get enough credit as well. Yeah. Fantastic band all the way through. Yeah, and and fantastic guys too. That that's what I was about to say, you know, and uh, we got there thanks to our connection with, with with James, who who used to do some great music reporting, great, great, great music reporting, and uh, I found one of his articles the other day that he wrote about Chango Matni, and uh, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and it's amazing even like we you always say it can get lost with time. But even not even get lost with time. But when you look back on it, or even when you look look, look at it from another angle, you, it makes you realize what, or even question in a good way as to what, what what was so popular about this band, or what was so popular about this artist. But when you listen to the sound and obviously who who was involved, yeah, sometimes you're more blown away as to who was a part of the band, yeah, because <laughs> they end up doing different things, or of the facts of the like you mentioned the lyrics, you know, like they they may have sounded they may have sounded very depressing, like you said, but at the same oh, time, oh, totally. But at oh the same gosh. time, they delivered. People will still if they, if you guys didn't do do do, it wouldn't be Chango Matni, you know, <laughs> etc. Et 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 you know, it's it's, yeah. it's the way it, every we talked about every band having like a song. You know that they would, people would always associate them with. Dude is the one that will always resonate with you guys as the rest of the album. Maybe because of the video clip. Maybe because um, <laughs> the video clip is just too good. It's <laughs> and I love Craig's dance moves too. Oh, yes. when I grow up I want to be just like yeah <laughs> but it's amazing looking back now again um, going going to going to Wales um, again uh, Owen used to like us Owen Smith used to like yeah. us a lot and, and he got us doing the opening to, to the Wailers and, and Blackout was there as well yeah. and it was yeah with Guy and, and, and the rest of the chaps it was it was just a fun time it was just a fun time yeah and uh Really, really happy that it happened. And it's one of those things that, you, like, you either you look from back on it years later, or at the end of the day, be glad that you're able to do all these things. And like, to look back on it fondly, like, even as a fan, or even as anybody who was around it, would probably associate. I would just say what became the rise, like you mentioned, Lord Nelson's became mm. this haven for local music and live yeah. music in general. But the fact that people would probably say, if you were to think. Two bands that always played at Lord Nelson, they'll probably mention Django Matney, they'll always remember if these two. Yeah, they 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 took over. Yeah. It was it was nice to go and watch them as well. Yeah. I remember that a guy used to tell me off because I used to wear earplugs. And oh you shouldn't be wearing earplugs, you'd be appreciating the music and uh, I had problems with, with tinnitus. <laughs> you know that I didn't want anyone to know at the time. So uh and, and and that's another one. I mean, Area Fifty Two. You mentioned before Stephen and Giles, but the, there's just so many people that yeah. that just just blow you away. And I recently chatted to to a guy. He sent me 
a beautiful video again thanks to to, to Norton and, and and Dion who had this yeah. Friday thing and it was so so cool to hear him you know singing again and and with his dad and with his brother and that's something I, I even wrote about said it's something they'll look back fondly as well as a treasured memory you know the fact yeah that it's the, the DNA with what we talked about Tristan obviously having yeah the DNA, you having the DNA myself included yeah but, you know they the fact that it's a generational thing as well and i think too yeah. it makes you appreciate the fact that people like Gaiban Messina who has done a hell of a lot for local music there's no there's no way to go on about it but he's composed apart from performing he's composed and written lyrics as, alongside uh, Ronnie Israel may he rest in peace incredible songs from the local music scene and yeah. songs that will be still to this day listened to and admire but, uh, and it's funny because because you not funny haha but funny cool as you mention one person and then someone else comes to mind. No, I just thought of, of, of George Poso. I just thought, I mean, yeah, Tristan's dad, uh, Norman, you know, yeah. oh, brilliant, oh, wow, and, and work that I've done with all these people and they've been blessed to work with different people. And one name pops up and then you, you think of someone else and you're mentioning Guy Senior. Um, I remember the, the late Tony Mifsud and his bass yeah. playing, you know, the Latin trio and how... How amazing is that, you know? And now to hear him play through Jameis. Exactly. I mean, I always get amazed. Como se dice, no? I mean, I remember, like, it's not the same. But, I mean, obviously, you can compare, which is great, you know, sometimes. But I remember I was actually at the beer festival with Stephen and Jesse was playing with the noise. <laughs> I, 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 believe it or not, I, I, I laugh, I laugh. But <laughs> the concept of it all was fantastic. Beer festival, Stephen, good combination. Yeah, I wish I could have been there. And <laughs> Jesse, oh my gosh, Jesse! But we'll, uh, I yeah. remember just being blown away because it, yeah. it had been a while since I last saw Jesse perform at that point. Yeah. And I remember just uh, seeing him perform, and I and I just said to Stephen, "Ja, forget it." And he's like, "Why?" I'm like, "Why not?" Now he's not uh, Jesse Stephen's son. Now yes, Stephen Jesse's son. Ah, yes. Uh, and, yeah. he, and he actually took it in a very good way. You know. Oh what no, you're yeah. Right. But that's the generational thing. That we but, but, that, but it's wobbly. It's, it's beautiful. It's lovely. It's wonderful. I was going to say wonderful and lovely at the same time. It's wobbly, especially yeah. wobbly. And and they're, they're a great pair. Um, Stephen was was such a great friend too, and I loved working with him. And and then to have the privilege of having Jesse as as a student and Jesse's first ever performance, so his first ever song that he wrote was called Nosebleed, the Nosebleed song. You should ask him to to sing it we'll, to you. We'll talk, we'll talk something about it. <laughs> but it's that thing that we like, which was going to bring me to my next question: that that youth movements in particular, yeah. obviously, the fact that you the, the these guys teach uh, not even being a teacher, a mentor, and I like to this day, like if we speak to Jesse, we speak to Simon Dumas, or we speak to Jeremy Perez, or Evan Torrente, or many others, Patrick Murphy, etc., etc., etc. Patrick, you know, but all these you, all these young musicians. What does it mean to you, the fact that they look to you, up to you like a mentor, or, or the fact that you, that you never, similar to the Chappies, never gave up on you, or the, all the other musicians that came from your era? Wow, what a question. Um, what does it mean? Uh, it Sometimes it means everything, and sometimes I just can't get my head around it. It's a, it's a sometimes sort of thing, uh, in a way, because being a mentor has got a great responsibility attached to it, so... Yeah. I I didn't take it lightly. Uh, at the time, I was their mentor, I was their teacher. I tried to get the best out of them, and they they delivered. They delivered more than than I could have imagined. But perhaps because again, coming back to Stephen, because the parents who supported these children yeah. with this crazy music teacher, who 
who told them that they could do things that they didn't believe they could do. Um, and again, it was a team effort. You know, the parents hadn't been there. I mean, look, we, we talk about so many of them. One of them that comes to mind sitting behind you in that photograph is, is Kian Kalilian, you know? And, yeah. and He's doing fantastic things as well. He's doing some amazing thing. I mean, they all lie in their own ways, and, and I can't... I shouldn't leave any of them out, but the, the list is so long, and every single one of them is so important. But for instance, um, Kian, his parents, his parents backed him. His family got behind him. They said, yes. Uh, I told him, look, Kian can go to Berkeley. This is a GCSC <laughs> conversation we had. Huh? Really? Yeah. And they got behind him. And yeah. so many of the other parents, you know, uh, Jesse's parents and Simon's parents and, and Liam's parents and, and, and Armand's parents, you know, and so many of them, they got behind their, their yeah. children. And because of that, they got the opportunity to at least try for it. Definitely. And man, have they succeeded beyond my wildest dreams. I mean, even when they, it's like when Patrick Murphy told me, and obviously he would tell a lot of people, even if he doesn't make it or achieve big things, obviously he was signed to, he was with Modern Strangers, which was signed to a record label, no yeah. better feeling than that. But even the fact that if he's doing something musically, or he's in three bands at the moment, for example, and the passion, as I say, that's the, hmm. the, the most important thing. No matter how big or how small, whatever you do, as long as they have a passion for it and they enjoy it, yeah, that's the, the, all I want to know. It's a conversation that I uh, had a, a number of times with with Christian Santos. We used to talk about what does it mean to make it, because you know we grew up together and we were always we're going to make it, we're going to make it, and then we got to realize that making it is it means so many different things. Yeah, you know, and um, you don't have to get the Oscar for best song to Absolutely. be a great songwriter. It helps, I suppose. It might. I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't say no. Uh, I don't think. But, <laughs> but um, it's. Uh, what do you mean by making it? Um, you know. I mean, I look at Jesse now, and Jesse's made it. Jesse is writing some amazing songs. He's recording some amazing songs. I look at them all, and you know, I I saw Le Liam Oliveira the other day, and and he's off to Malta now, and his music is still with him. And some of the others who, who didn't maybe go and study music. And the music is with them, whether it's in a, in a guitar, whether it's in the keyboard, whether it's in a song. So they, they all made it. They have all made it. That's one of the, the blessing, I suppose, that the, the facts. Not just because I'm saying that you can't get bored, because at the end of the day, maybe if the dream is unachievable, you probably end up thinking, you know what, I'm going to give it up. Or, but at the same time, like you said, you just rightfully said that like when you see the fact that they've continued on, regardless of what they're going to study, and that, that yeah, even if they're studying archaeology, that but they've got a guitar on the side and they start composing or anything else, that's the most beautiful thing, you know, the fact that maybe they can still pick up a guitar or just get a microphone and start singing mm. or, or even keyboards or any other instruments. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing, and it's a very proud thing. I mean, I and I, I always like we talked about Simon. Oh, I would always say it with all of them. But obviously, the Simon, with the fact that he's doing things with King Calloway, and obviously he's been on CV in the US oh, yeah. and everything else. I remember just when he was signed, like the whole King Calloway thing happened, he was asking me for the 100 Club um, review that I wrote because obviously we wanted to cover it. So we were very grateful to And when I, I'm like, what does he what, want it for? I'm like, oh, I've got the document. I don't have the actual scan of the actual paper, but I can yeah. send it to you. So I just sent it to him. That was great. And then. As the days go by, and Simon was it for? I'm like, once I can, I'll let you know. That's all he said. Yeah, Simon's brilliant. And Simon's brilliant. 
to get to the point where he sends me a message, obviously just by the time obviously I put my phone to charge, then I just leave it yeah. and then when I wake up in the morning, I'll probably read all my messages or whatever. And he sent me this very nice message, uh-huh. pretty much saying what was all what it was all about, yeah. and pretty much thanking me for always promoting always promoting his music, whether it was with yeah. Jesse and Rob, or with Jeremy, or it was maybe something that he's done with his brothers. He didn't have to do that in every sense of the word, but it it was very nice for him to say, mm. you know, and it and it made me it made me very emotional in every ah, sense totally. of the word. Totally, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's something I'll always look back uh, fondly on. Same thing, like you mentioned with Jesse and all the others. No matter how how much they make it or how much they don't. Yeah, but I mean, talking about Simon or talking about Matt or talk any of them, but talking about talking about Simon, what a great privilege he has now, and that it's beautiful, um, and it hasn't phased him. It hasn't changed him. No, still as humble as ever. Yeah, and and this is the beauty of it, you know, because. Um, you spend time with these with these people, with these children, with these with these students, and you you give them everything, and it's up to them to make something with it. Yeah. And boy, what what they've made is is amazing. Yeah. And I just can't wait for the next album, and I can't wait for the tour, and I can't wait to 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 go and see to go, to go and see them, in concert. Even though I don't like concerts, but that's another subject. And mm-hmm. all of them, they've they've achieved so much. Just because they've got on with it, and and sometimes it's that it's it's the same thing as, as Charlie gave me, yeah. or Hector gave me, and that I want to give to others, and hopefully they'll they'll do something with it. The the key to everything is is like Journey once said, "Don't stop believing." That's the m- best way to go on about it. I I think so. I think it's it's a good point. It's a good point. Don't stop believing. Don't stop practicing, yeah. and and don't give up. And keep yourself grounded in earth and so keep your foot down and. Be, not, not just be humble, because you can be humble, you can be, I'm not going to say big-headed, but you can be big-headed or you can be humble, that's the right term. But if you're going to be achieving something, like you said, with Simon, it's not changed him at all, you know. And going back to the, what he's doing with King Calloway, he, like obviously last year when he came over to Gibraltar with the band and everything mm-hmm. else, obviously we were given, given the opportunity to interview the band as a whole. And obviously, because Simon was the Gibraltarian, he came to greet the entire, like all the press, like the, were there to interview him, and all he did was thank us for all, always promoting his music. Yeah. And that, I think that's the key. And you know, if if you can be like him, or like I'm not saying all the others are not, because all the others I just say are just as humble as he is. But no matter what, they're always grateful to whether it's pl- plugging or something that you've taught them. That's mm. the best thing to go on about it. Yeah, you have to be grateful. I mean, because. Uh, the ideas aren't yours. The ideas come from somewhere else or yep. someone else, and it's what you do with the ideas. Um, I mean, Simon, for instance, um, he he loves ninths. So we we had a lesson on ninths one day. Yeah. Um, but I can't play ninths like Simon can play ninths because that's Simon playing, you know, or or, or mats on drums. I mean, I I'm not I'm not a drummer, but uh, I I helped him perfect drumming stuff. Yep the scores and he always remembers all, all the goofy things that I used to <laughs> that I used to do and that, that that helped him here and there and and they make it their their own and they they take it somewhere further and and that's the important thing I think for a teacher the best thing is that if your students take whatever you've given them and become better than you are at it yeah. then then you've been successful and all these kids are better than me so I've been really successful <laughs> I've made it because my kids are great. 
Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, the, obviously, when it comes to the last question, which is obviously the hardest question, as I say, to ask sometimes, because we don't really know what's, what Destiny has in hope for in what Destiny has in store for us, more, more than anything else. But what's next for Chris Cortez? What's next, apart from uh, tea time and supper? <laughs> um, well, I am looking forward to the birth of my baby. My wife and I, thank you very much, are looking forward to that. That is... Boy or girl? Uh, we don't know. It's going to be a surprise. Even better. We know it's a baby, though. <laughs> you know, we know it's not a puppy. Well, if it's born, if it comes out with a keyboard, then... It'll be, <laughs> <laughs> be quite painful. But, um, no, we, that, that's, the next, that's the next big thing. Uh, life thing. Uh, musically, there, there are other things happening. Um, my, my music research continues. I'm trying to... I'm trying to find the sounds, not just in the recording studio, um, not just colors, uh, how to put things together. I'm also trying to find a harmonic language. I've, I've got some research going. I'm looking into different um, theories of harmony. And I'm trying to develop a philosophy and, and, and a, a theory of, of harmony for myself. I'm recording different songs. I, there's an idea to do a, a Christmas EP. Some of the Christmas stuff that I wrote when I was in Bayside. Uh, one of the tracks that I wrote for Simon, in fact. Uh, the other track I wrote with Tim. Um, the the Dadum Duda. Bayside song that was ever so popular when they used to do it. don't think they do it anymore, but there you go. I, I haven't been in Bayside um, in a real time. Neither have I. Um, cracking new school, I'm told, though. Yeah, that's what I've been told, too. Yeah, but uh, anyway. So, a couple of us... Uh, are looking at looking at doing that album, well, not an album, uh, that EP for Christmas, if it's possible, if if we're unlocked. Um, Tim was here yesterday, laying down some tracks for a song that I wrote back in 2002. It's called Sometimes, and I never really finished it. So I'm looking at finishing things. There's a string quartet in the works, um, and there are a couple of classical concerts, and yeah, there's a there's a bit of there are a few things happening. There's there's even a rumor about Chango Matni recording the album that never was. Once again. Once again. <laughs> but with the, all the extra tracks. But um that's that's going to be a, a, that's gonna be amazing. If if we can pull that off that would be really, really, really worthwhile. Uh, it'll take a while though, because things have to be recomposed. Yeah. Um but the exciting thing is that is looking into how many looking into a new Maybe I shouldn't say a new a new language, or a new theory of harmony. But trying to find where where my voice sits, um, as we said before, music, be the beauty in art has has to be has to be objective. If not, we get away with with murder, and we call it art, and and we 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 ridicule ourselves and others. And I'm trying to find a harmonic language that fits so that I can. So that I can write my string quartet, so I can write my my other orchestral pieces, yeah. and um, and hopefully, hopefully, more important than all is is finish my liturgical project, which has been held in abeyance for quite some time now. But uh, well, it happens. It happens. Considering it took Victor a while, maybe it can <laughs> take me a while too. Well, they always say things are always <laughs> worth waiting for. So that's the first way to go about this. So before we obviously we sign off, thank you for your time. You're it's very been, welcome. It's been great. Thank you. And more than anything else, like we always uh, thank our sponsors. We can thank Sequence Speed enough. But obviously, for not just sponsoring the show, but sponsoring the GLMS as a whole, I think 
we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. And obviously, the fact that the show is sponsored makes it all worthwhile. And it's and grateful that that we that we are to Guy and Nairi and Saraja that every idea that we've had, even before they became our sponsors, has actually made, become come to fruition. We're excited to always talk to local musicians like yourself to get to know what they're actually up to and even things that they've been up to in the past. So it's great for us. So before we sign off, we always say keep supporting local music because when you do, you're keeping local music alive. Obviously, we're going to play your five songs now, which is Agnes Day, I believe. We've got a very wicked version of According to Plan by Adrian Pisarello that not I many people that. have actually heard. I don't think within the confines of, the, no. of this room nobody's actually heard. We, we did play it at, at My Wines, yes. the, the comeback yeah. concert. Yeah. Uh, that's I think the only time it's actually been played. But, yep. But uh, apart from that, of course, we're going to play three Chango Matni songs, so you can't. Go Yay! Wrong with that. So we can't go wrong with Chango. Uh, original recordings, <laughs> which is even better. <laughs> so we're going to leave it at that. Again, thank you, Chris, for your time. Thank you so and much. And we'll Dave. be back. Obviously, I think in two weeks because next week we can be, we're actually not available because we won't be in Gibraltar. So we look forward to more straight out of Gibraltar. Thank you for always listening to the podcast, and we'll be back in two weeks. Take care, guys, and thanks for listening. shepherd and I shall not want Oh my Lord Beside still waters you prepare my heart I'll trust in you Oh I'll 
trust in you Even though I walk through the valley of death You restore my soul and you give me rest All the memories of your faithfulness You restore my soul and you give me rest You give me
I've got bands and the mites. Got a spinning headache, I've got the shivers. Anything when my throat is dry. This is the way that you want it. That you wanted it to be Everything is going according According to your plan You're coming for me I can't recall the last time I saw you In my head, I see you every day. You're my delirium, you're my obsession. From my stupidity, now I must pay. This is the way that you wanted. That you wanted it to be Everything is going according According to your plan You're coming for me Thank you.
come down the stairs You won't see me no more You won't catch me crying Won't see me breaking up I've had enough of my love Been turned down I'm driving home now I can't believe what you said I take a left turn That's the place where we
Thanks for listening. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show wherever you access your podcasts by searching for GLMS Podcasts.